Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, swing and miss the Yankees strikeout on Yamamoto. He ends up with the Los Angeles Dodgers for the tune of $325 million on a 12-year deal uh, announced late last night. And obviously, a lot of Yankee fans are disappointed because they've seen, you know, a lot of media hype say how the Yankees were, you know, on the inside track, quote unquote, to get Yamamoto, but he ultimately signs with the Dodgers. And obviously, there's someone I felt that's the place where I thought he would land. And if whether you're listening here or if you saw some of the recent YouTube episodes, I just mentioned that just the Dodgers seem like a more likely fit for him. I'm not shocked. I'm a little bummed out a little bit. It's been cool to have him here, but again, it's not really of a surprise. Again, it just seemed like the Dodgers just made so much more sense for him. And I'll go over all that again. But before we get started. A lot of cool stuff left to go um, as we head towards 2024 there. And, of course, before you know it, catches and pitches will be reporting to spring training there. So I'm sure there's still some moves for the Yankees to make, especially now that they don't have Yamamoto. They're going to have to find another relevant good starting pitcher somewhere else. So a lot more to discuss. And I'm sure, again, Cashman is going to be making more, more tweaks to this roster as we go along. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And, of course, as I mentioned before, there is a YouTube version of the show as well. So hop over to YouTube, go to Section 420 Talking Yankees, subscribe there as well, and get notified new episodes go up not as frequently here but pretty close uh so make sure you want to catch all that stuff so you know the news came late last night that yamamoto is going to sign with the dodgers and you know i've mentioned this previously it just it made so much more sense for him to go there he had a couple of prerequisites number one he wanted to play on a quote-unquote big stage now i understand probably playing for the new york yankees is probably maybe a bigger stage than the dodgers a little bit but the dodgers enough from the scoff at if the yankees are one and dodgers are 1a it's los angeles it's a you know it's an organization that's well known going back to the brooklyn Dodgers days and more recently the Dodgers have been a more successful organization than the New York Yankees been in more World Series have won more World Series been more relevant won over 100 games last season I know they got uh, bounced out early by the Arizona Diamondbacks by surprise there but nevertheless the Dodgers have been a more successful franchise uh, lately than the New York Yankees it's right there in the west coast I uh, mean you got all the Hollywood and the fanfare and all the celebs in the crowd so you get all that attention um, of course you have the proximity to Japan I mean it's, it's a closer flight than uh, for his family and himself to get back and forth to Japan there uh, so you know that all makes sense and the Dodgers are again well known and respected in Japan as well so it's not like he's you know coming here to join like the Arizona Diamondbacks or coming here to join like the Milwaukee Brewers or something like that I mean again Dodgers are a well-known established organization don't ignore the obvious I mean they just signed Otani and you heard you know reports early that he wanted to join a team where at least there was not one or other at Japanese players there just for you know him to have a some whatever a buddy to cozy up to obviously Yankees don't have any of that right now so I know during the, the negotiations they try to break out Matsui they try to break out Tanaka they try to want cozy this guy up to the Yankees there but it's Otani's different I mean he's in the game he's an active player he's the Again, the first or second best player in the game right now. He just signed his mega contract with the Dodgers. And, yeah, again, now you have this, like, sort of rock star team with Otani and Yamamoto. So it just seemed like the Dodgers, you know, as long as the money was within reason of all the other teams, he was going to side with the Dodgers. And now, as it turns out, it seems like the Yankees' second meeting, they offered him the number 18, which, again, it's kind of a nostalgic thing for a lot of Japanese pitchers. Uh, they offered him the jersey. Actually, just gave him the jersey, you know, so I guess he could take that home with him. Obviously, he'll probably never wear it on the mouth for the Yankees, but he'll have it there. And uh, it seemed like the offer they made was $300 million, so a little higher than the 250 you know, figures we heard earlier. So they heard that. Then you get reports after that that the Mets actually abitted the Yankees. Steve Cohen was willing to cash in at 325 for Yamamoto. 
Uh, but ultimately, the Dodgers matched Steve Cohen's 325. And then I guess ultimately, since that's probably where he really wanted to be the entire time, he gave the nod and it was finalized. So uh, $325 million from the Dodgers. And right as, as of right now, it doesn't seem to be one of these like structured deals like Otani with it deferring the money. So he's going to be paid $27 million per year. And also, just to, for the right to offer him a contract, the Dodgers have to pay, also have to pay a $50 million bidding fee. Um, for him, so I, guess, I believe that goes to the, his uh, Buffalo's team out there in Japan. There, just for the, the just the rights to buy him there. So ultimately, this is costing the Dodgers three hundred and seventy-five million dollars for this one guy. Um, now, he's good. He's young. He's twenty-five years old. He catching him in his prime. He hasn't really lugged the big innings yet. With like someone like Dice K when he came here, already had a ton of innings on his arm. This is that different situation. So there's a 12-year 12 12-year 12 deal, so he's going to be around in Dodger uniform for a while. And then by 2025, when Otani's okay to pitch as well, you're going to have a, a rotation of Yamamoto and Otani, which, again, is pretty cool there. And, of course, we know kind of the super team, which is going to be the story of 2024. You know that. And if you're a Yankee fan, yeah, I know you're bummed out. Yeah, you wanted him. And I think the New York media was hyping it up a little bit that the Yankees had the inside track and he was coming here. Like, didn't buy that too much. You know, Part of me was like, all right, this, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But I just felt he was being overhyped as coming here. Um, I just still think the Dodgers made more sense for him. And that's what ultimately went. Now, I know Yankee fans are going to complain. Oh, this is the Yankees being cheap. How being cheap? You know, George would never let him go there. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, that's $375 million or $350 million for this guy, you know, with the po- considering the posting fee. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, uh, for a guy that you, I'm sure he'll probably be very good here. But he's not really a short bet, and there's almost so much money you could throw around like that. And look what happened when we got Tanaka. You know, he was awesome in like the first, you know, 75 percent of the season. Then he tore the UCL there. He had to be shut down. And look, he had a good career for the Yankees, but you know, it was never what we thought he would be. He was probably not as good as what he was getting paid for. Um, now again, I would say it was a good move for the Yankees. I wouldn't regret that deal for a second. But you know, what did we get out of it? Maybe uh, one or two playoff appearances in 2015 and 2017, and that's really it. Did we win any championships with Tanaka? No. So I don't think it's like you know guaranteed would come here, would have won champion whole thing. So I think the Yankees made a fair offer. I think three hundred million dollars is fair. I don't think they were being cheap. It's just the Dodgers, you know, they play at a different level right now, and they're even more the Yankees than the Yankees. They got this big ownership group. You got people like Magic Johnson aboard, and they've got a ton of money they're able to throw around. It's just hard to beat that. And was, again, the conditions as well. It just spoke by more that you know Yamamoto would want to play there. It just made more sense. So I'm not bummed out. A little disappointed, but not bummed out because it kind of seemed that's where it's going to go anyway. And I don't think it's an opportunity to really criticize the Yankees on that. I think they did everything. They had the meeting with him. And Yamamoto even requested the second meeting. So something in that first meeting that Yamamoto liked. So, you know, they got the ball rolling, took it to the end zone there. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Yankees probably had that price point. $300 million was probably the cap, and that's it. So Dodgers are probably the better organization right now. They're more attractive, and they're, they have Otani. It's just it's hard to beat that offer. And plus, New York is cold, too. I mean, maybe these guys want to pitch in the freezing weather. I mean, you know, April, May, and even early June sometimes can be a little chilly here, surprisingly. And then you get into uh, full baseball, you know, then New York has cold. Maybe this guy wants to pitch also in a warmer climate. You got Los Angeles climate versus New York climate. It's a totally different ball game. I know the Dodgers have to go on the road in some places, but, you know, I'm sure this guy would rather pitch in L.A. weather than New York weather. So you also have to factor that in. So there were a lot of factors there. It was going to be hard to Yankees to really woo him over away from the Dodgers. So... That's that. And he's tippy cap and say, you know, Bonviard and see where the chips may fall. And that the best thing you do, you hope that somehow the Yankees get into the World Series, whether it's this year or next year, and then beat them. And there you go. That'll be your satisfaction if you're the Yankees. Now, if you're the Yankees, you're kind of stuck with this void a little bit. Now, it's good in one sense because in a way it's like, 
you had this big expense you were expecting and now you don't have to pay it. It's almost like a relief in a way. So there might be some, you know, people in the front office actually happy that this deal didn't happen because now they have more money they could throw around in other, other areas, which may in the end turn out to be the better thing. Now, more urgently for a starting pitcher, uh, you know, you do have Jordan Montgomery out there as an option. You have Blake Snell who just won the National League Cy Young Award winner out there. Now, Montgomery obviously would be a, probably a less expensive item than uh, Snell, but now that the fact that you just spent all this money on Yamamoto, now you can throw it at Blake Snell, who's not going to cost as much as three hundred million dollars. I'll tell you right there. So this might actually turn out to be a better deal if you, you know, maybe bring in Snell here versus Yamamoto. And Yamamoto, look, I, I said a long time he'll be all right, but there's going to be some adjustments. First of all, you know, Japanese players have five days rest versus here in, in the states we have four days rest, and that's something that Tanaka had to uh, go through a little bit and adjust to. So you know, this guy not may not be great out of the shoot, you know. And of course, there's adjustments with the baseball they use, the size of the ball, and this the nuances of different ballparks, the rules and all that here. I mean, it's going to be an adjustment period for uh, Yamamoto where it might work out for him, it might not work out for him. We don't know that. Again, over the long term, it'll be fine, but at least the first year, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Whereas you sign someone like, you know, Blake Snell, who's been here, done that, as well as pitching the American League East. Uh, so, he, you know, he's faced the, you know some of these teams that usually have uh, big dominating lineups and done, done well, you know, before getting traded out to the Padres there. There's no nuances with him. There's no adjustment period. He can pretty much come put the uniform on him and the guy hit the ground running. So, that might be the benefit of getting someone like him. Or again, if you go to someone like Jordan Montgomery, he's also been there, done that. He's pitching here a couple. He's pitching for the Yankees, pitching around, pitching the World Series. Just won a World Series ring there. So again, you don't really have any adjustment periods with Jordan Montgomery. Now the only difference with Montgomery is that you're gonna have to shave him up a little bit, like Verdugo. He kind of grew the beard out there. Uh, when he went out to St. Louis and then got traded to Texas there. So comes to the Yankees, you have to shave him up a little bit. But nevertheless, uh, that's his little minor point. Speaking of Verdugo there, he had his Zoom call press conference, which is similar to Soto, very underwhelming. In fact, I think he did it like in his bedroom because you look at the back, it was like kind of like this closet in the back there. So it was really underwhelming. Like the camera was pointed up. It was like, we really dropped the ball here in terms of uh, media. I mean, I know, I know the, the comfort of uh, be able to you know have your smartphone or whatever or your device or your laptop and do an interview anywhere but like you know come on like uh, can you have like not have your like closet in the background there uh, and look like you're just kind of sitting on your bed looking upwards like uh, having a little, little uh, FaceTime chat with your girlfriend before going to sleep there so but nevertheless you know nothing out of that and also here uh, Boone gave some comments on the Yamamoto deal also some gave some comments about Jason Domingo's recovery saying actually he's recovering faster than they thought so that's good news there. and he's saying quote unquote he's looking like a player for them so I would have my enthusiasm he'll probably not be back up to June July probably more July just the way it is but nevertheless uh, they say he's recovered from the Tommy John surgery quicker than I think so it's good news there so that's the episode. Disappointing with Yamamoto, but you shouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Dodgers just seem like the more likely fit for him overall than not a situation I would kill the Yankees with. Uh, oh, why are you a bit higher for this guy? Because, again, they had him at certain price points. And, again, even for the Yankees, there's a limit to everything. You can't just throw around $400 million and $500 million on this, that, and this person because, you know, you already have guys on the big contracts. And look at his calls from Dome coming here. I mean, you gave him a boatload of money. How'd that turn out? So there is a big risk sometimes as well. So did it turn out, but I don't think it's the end of the world for the Yankees. I still think they could have a really good 2024 without Yamamoto. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.